right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights, the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. My name is Alex Mason, and I am your host, and I'm so grateful that you're joining me today. And you know what it is. I'm just out here loving life, living to the best of my ability, and just enjoying the process. You know, I just, I try to enjoy the little things and and the big things as well, like, uh, like that intro music. You know, I just, I, I listen to it. I'm like, yeah, I just kind of get, <laughs> I just get going. And um, yeah, I produced that, by the way. So hope you enjoy it. But you're here to learn about investment banking. That's what I'm here to share with you. So let's go ahead and talk more about valuation and some of the more advanced concepts that we're getting into. We're getting pretty deep into it, almost wrapping up our series with this topic before we move on to another topic in a few more episodes. But today's question is this, how far back and how far forward do you go for comparable and precedent transaction multiples? How far back and how far forward do you go for comparable and precedent transaction multiples? Now, it's kind of a mouthful, so let me break that down a little bit. So comparable transactions, comparable companies, and precedent transactions, we're talking about two of the three major valuation methodologies, right? We've been talking about that a lot. And when I'm saying multiples, I'm talking about the ratios. So EV to EBITDA or price to earnings, things like that. Those are the ratios that give us a sense of valuation for a particular company. And comparable companies and precedent transactions are just a way to look at that. Now, when we're looking at these multiples, it's kind of interesting because a multiple in it of itself is literally just a number. It's a unitless number in many cases of like a certain metric of size or revenue or something like that divided by some other unitless metric or some number or maybe they're both dollars and then they both cancel each other out so it's literally just a number is the ratio but the thing about this is it's not really enough information to know a number we have to know the number in the context of time how does this number relate to time are we looking at the EBITDA that happened 12 months ago to today, are we looking at the EBITDA from today to 12 months from now in the future? How do we think about this in terms of time? Well, there's different ways that we can look at it. We can look at it certainly going backward. We can look at it certainly going forward. And fundamentally, it's great to have a high quantity of data as well as a high quality of data. And the one thing that makes a data set relevant in the world of deal making and just the world in general is the data sets recency how old is the data did this deal take place last week or last year and you can already tell where i'm going with this most likely it's the more recent data you have usually the better it is and this mindset applies not just looking backward but looking forward as well forward-looking estimates how far into the future are the projections that we're looking at. Are they one year from now? Are they five years from now? Maybe even 10 years from now. So let's think about our time horizon, specifically when looking at 
multiples for transactions. So when we're looking at either public comparables or precedent transactions, we typically want to look at what the multiples are for the trailing 12 months or TTM for short. And we talked about TTM in the past in a different context, but looking at this multiple for trailing 12 months gives us a pretty good idea of what's happened right now in the recent past, in the recent year, what's happened with EBITDA, what's happened with enterprise value, what's happened with the price of the stock or revenue. We get a good sense as far as, okay, what's what's happening in the here and now or the recent past. And then we can also look forward one to two years in the future. So one to two years in the future, that's not too far away. We can usually get a decent sense of where things might go. (laughs) Of course, there's no guarantees and no one has a clear crystal ball, but we can make some kind of reasonable estimate for one to two years from now. Now, one differentiation between these valuation methodologies when we're talking about the time horizon is this. For public company comparables, we can probably look further in either direction, either backwards in the past or forwards in the future, a little bit further than precedent transactions, just because there's typically more data to rely on for the former as opposed to the latter. If you're looking at precedent transactions, chances are you're looking at companies that may not have as much data out there. And of course, with less inputs, it's harder to make assumptions accurately about the output. So we have to constrain our window of time a little bit more than when we're looking at public comparables. Like let's say that I'm looking at large cap confectionery companies and I'm looking at Hershey. Hershey has been around for well over a hundred years at this point. And it has also happens to have very consistent growth and changes in its fundamental financial attributes. So we can look back like five, 10 years in the past for Hershey and get a pretty good sense of what the trends are and then project that out a little bit further into the future because there's inherent stability to the business and we have a lot of data related to demonstrating that stability. So that's more reliable. So it just depends on the company. It depends on whether you're doing precedent transactions method or comparable companies method. But those are kind of the general rules of thumb, I guess you would say, from what I've researched is kind of constrain it. Constrain it to a couple of years because it's really hard to get it right if you go venture out further beyond that from the present. Okay, that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. recording live from Ithaca, New York. I am really excited going through these episodes with you. And I would also love to hear your suggestions. That's one thing that I haven't really asked much about so far in the the few months that we've been going through this show is I want to learn what you guys want to learn. I know I've been just running through technicals, just like nonstop and a few behavioral questions here and there. But I'm curious to figure out what you need help with in your recruiting journey. So go ahead and email me at investmentbankinginsights at gmail.com. That's investmentbankinginsights at gmail.com. And I would just love to hear from you. And even if you don't have anything specific that you want to learn and you just want to say hi, I love that too. (laughs) So go ahead and send me a message 
either on investmentbankinginsights at gmail.com or just hit me up on LinkedIn, Alex Mason. Uh, You'll find me there. Okay, have a great day and I'll see you next time.